It is October 26, 2021. Game one of the World Series coming up tonight. And the Hit by Pod has got you covered with your World Series preview. It's been a while. We haven't talked throughout the entire playoffs, but that's probably a good thing based on our playoff predictions that we will review here shortly. And we got a lot to get to, a lot to recap throughout the playoffs. A lot of fun. Not a lot of fun if you're a White Sox fan or if you're rooting for the White Sox like me and Lucas were. We'll discuss that, break that down. Lots to talk about, but of course, the World Series is the main subject today. World Series preview, Braves and Astros. Who would have thought? Not me. Larry, we started talking baseball 10 weeks ago now at this point. Maybe even more, honestly, 10 episodes ago. And here we are. We got World Series baseball today. I'm excited. This is episode 10 of the Hip Hop Pod. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. Larry, we've worked our way through a few rounds of baseball so far. Um, you know, never going to complain with some playoff baseball. The best, best, honestly, the best sporting events there is. It's like we talked about it, or at least I've always mentioned it. It's like a movie every single time they go out there. But unfortunately, uh, we were not the writers of these scripts. We made a few predictions a couple of weeks ago before the playoffs started, and um, they sucked. We were just no future predictors, that's for we're, sure. We're just going to start there, huh? We're just going to toss all our credibility out the window and then then make more, more predictions? We got to leave it on the table. Just be upfront with you guys. We sucked. <laughs> it, was, um, it was bad. And I knew that my predictions weren't good, just kind of watching them throughout the playoffs. I didn't realize they were this bad. I, I did not pick a single series correctly. Yeah, that almost takes more skill to do so. You know, they say, like, if you get zero out of, you know, whatever on a test, that kind of means that you had to have known some of the right answers. So what I mean, what even went wrong for you? Larry? Well, here's the thing. So I picked St. Louis over the Dodgers in the wild card game. That was really stupid because. On paper, the Dodgers are far and away the better team, and I think I've been on the record saying that, but I just – they're the Cardinals, right? I mean, everybody kind of thought they were going to win. They lost a one-run game, whatever. It was a good game. I was pulling for the Dodgers, um, so I'm glad that worked out that way. But then I thought Giants, Team of Destiny, had them all the way in the World Series. The Brewers, I thought pitching wins ball games, especially in October. Their pitching did not win ball games in October. Uh, the White Sox – frauds man i gotta say <laughs> they were frauds all year uh they were faking us and uh it sucked it sucked a lot uh and then new york i can't complain that the yankees lost let's be honest but then the red sox i mean they just looked really really good until that alcs and then the astros we all undersold them yeah no i mean looking at it Obviously, what's, what uh, ended up messing your bracket up the most is that you struggled early. It's kind of hard to recover from yeah. that if the teams aren't <laughs> even playing anymore. And it sucks because really the Sox series is kind of the only one, uh, at least at the divisional uh, level, where you can look at and say, yeah, that's like what most people probably would have assumed. Like we, like we talked about, we're both kind of pulling for the Sox. But realistically, you know, especially after the first two games you look at it and you realize Houston's just the better mm-hmm. team. I mean, their lineup was a lot deeper. They were – 
um, and as they should have been the favorites by a lot in that series, you know, so that one kind of went as expected. And unfortunately, like we said, we both wanted the Sox to win. So that kind of screwed us both over. You look at the other three divisional series, it's kind of hard to, you know, if you didn't get the wild card right on either of the two games, which, you know, they were both really good games. So it's very easy to have missed that. Like, you know, we both did. I had the Yankees, you had the Yankees. Um, I had the Dodgers and you had St. Louis. I mean, really coin flips at that point. So congrats if you did get it right. You know, not many people all had Boston, the Dodgers and the Brewers as well, losing to Atlanta. Um, that was another upset. So, you know, the way that it's played out so far, not easy to have a good bracket, but it's showing us that it's very easy to have an awful bracket as well. Do I win a prize for getting everything wrong? We'll have to take it up with the boss. I'll be expecting some yeah. sort of prize in the mail, but <laughs> I'm sure uh, be a lot of you know what it was. I, I forgot it wasn't March Madness and March Madness. You got to pick some wacky stuff. You got to pick some wacky shit in order to win. And uh, it's a little bit different with baseball. And, you know, you, you think team of destiny and that team of destiny just does not win. Um, but I mean, all things considered our predictions aside, the white Sox being awful aside, it's been a lot of fun to watch these playoffs, a lot of good storylines. And I think that holds true even through the world series. Nobody wants to see the freaking Houston Astros play for the world series, but who doesn't love a good heel, right? Yeah, exactly. It's giving um, the entertainment value of the series, a big boost, having the Braves in there, uh, having a team that, you know, most of the country is probably going to be rooting for in Atlanta, just because of the fact that, you know, while they are the underdogs, they've taken down the Dodgers I think more of that is uh, because of the team that they're playing. And, you know, I don't want to see the Astros win. They were one of my favorite teams before the whole cheating scandal occurred. And now it's just, you know, they bounce the White Sox in the playoffs. They're the absolute last team I ever want to succeed or see succeed. And, um, yeah, I think I'm not alone in, in pulling for the Braves here. But exactly like you said, you know, we've had a good playoff. We've had every series, you know, it's given us something to look forward to. You know, we had a great five-game series. Uh, the NLDS between San Fran and the Dodgers that, you know, that's about what you could ask for. Um, you got the two best teams and, you know, it's good baseball to watch. And even the, you know, Braves Brewers um, series, that was so much fun because I just feel like the teams were so different. You know, one obviously performed a lot better during the regular season, but we know that that's not how it, you know, always pans out in the postseason. and seeing Atlanta get crazy hot with the bats and honestly being the better team that entire series, you know, it gave you a little bit more confidence coming into the CS that maybe that is something that they realistically could do, you know, kind of that same thing. You see the team play well, and then all of a sudden it's not too unrealistic that they can take that next step. So, you know, we've seen them beat a really good um, Brewers team, move on, beat an even better Dodgers team. So, you know, while we've talked about the Astros really performing well, having a super deep lineup, nothing's out of the picture at this point. And, um, you know, that's really all I can ask for. And I'm, I'm also glad that it's not Dodgers Astros again. That's a little bonus. You know, I will say I get so, so much flack for it, but I was at least in game six, I was rooting for the Dodgers because mm-hmm. I wanted to see game seven. But as soon as Scherzer got scratched from his start in game six of that NLCS, I figured it was going to be over. Uh, I really think that I suppose we'll, we'll start with the NLCS. We'll start with the recent stuff and then probably just hit on the White Sox um, when we get to it. I don't know if it started with the NLDS in game five when Dave Roberts brought in Scherzer when he had so many other options because Kenley Jansen 
Although he had a shaky year, was pitching well. Gratterall was pitching well. You had Blake Trinan, who's pitching out of his mind. I mean, the Dodgers bullpen was really, really good. I don't know if it started when he started getting cute with the opener strategy. The Dodgers had enough arms to do that. However, and in, in the moment, it's easy to criticize now because hindsight is twenty twenty. but in the moment, you got to do what you got to do to advance, right? But you toss Scherzer out there for the final three outs, which he absolutely cruises through. It's not some situation where there are runners on first and second or something. Sure is a one-run game, and you want your best arm out there, but I really do think that that singular inning and those nine or ten or however many pitches he threw really screwed him up, and that showed, and I think that in the end eventually cost them a shot at a game seven or a shot at the NLCS. Um, but with the Braves, you just got to hand it to them because their bats did such a good job. Um, when Acuna got injured, I, I really just did not think they were going to contend at all. They went out, they had a great deadline and their players have all been clutched. Jack Peterson, probably the biggest example of that. Um, but all their guys that have needed to step up have stepped up and they put together so many good at bats especially in that game six where Bueller's starting on short rest and you know that Dave Roberts is going to go out there and throw everything that he's got at you to try and force a game seven. The Braves had that in mind. They took a smart approach and they just played a great, great game six. Yeah. I mean, so much credit to the Braves for having a good team. You know, they were contenders or at least division contenders coming into the season, lose such a player and still be in this position. I mean, we've talked about, all the credit, you know, given to Houston's lineup, but they still have a complete lineup top to bottom. Uh, you know, you got Dansby Swanson sometimes batting eight or nine, um, 25 plus home runs in their infield, every single position there, trading for guys, bringing in that value. It's like, I mean, what is the other team's excuse that they didn't lose a guy like the like Ronald Acuna? And what's their excuse for not going out and getting the players that still made such an impact? Like you look at teams like Boston, who a lot of people, you know, we've talked, they didn't do much at the trade deadline. They were a good team, probably, you know, better than the Braves were pre-deadline. And they just didn't do anything. The Braves went out, they were aggressive. Maybe they sacrificed a little bit of their future, but I mean, their team is good. There's no, it's not a fluky team where it's like, they shouldn't be winning these games. I mean, there's no doubt these guys all can hit and yeah, they're getting a little streaky now when it matters, but there's a reason they're in this place right now. So I just can't give enough credit to, to Atlanta, to Snicker, um, to all those guys that have been performing. And, you know, I mean, Eddie Rosario this postseason, thank God that he wasn't doing that uh, to that extent in Cleveland the past few years, because he's just another animal so far. Yeah. It's just been a fun team to watch. You got the Jock Peterson factor. I mean, that guy is a character and a half. Uh, and this, this Braves team is just, it's an interesting dynamic. I was scrolling through Instagram before we came on here and they had the pictures of the team leaving Atlanta for Houston. And, you know, everybody's wearing their outfits and you got AJ Minter looking like a cowboy. You got Jack Peterson looking like he's fresh out of Beverly Hills with some crazy outfit on. It's just like, this is a cast of characters. That's fun to watch. You got Jack Peterson walking around on the with a glass of wine after they're celebrating like what what it's it's so random and it's very very much fun to watch yeah and I was, I was just thinking before you know we started filming that it just doesn't 
necessarily seem like a World Series so far. Or, you know, right now, before I haven't seen any of the games played, it just doesn't seem maybe that's just because of the idea I had in my mind about the Braves team themselves, that it just doesn't seem like a World Series matchup. But the one thing that remains true is Jocktober. You know, every single year, it seems like he's making a difference somewhere. And I'm, I'm really glad he found himself in Atlanta. You know, I was happy to see him on the north side of Chicago, too, playing for the Cubs, just because he's, you know, he's been in the postseason. He's been on good teams. He's had memorable moments. And I, I think that's the type of guy that, you know, Cubs fans would like. And obviously had their team gone or their season gone a different direction, um, you know, would have loved to see Jock heading in next year, too. But just one of those guys that you like to see doing good. You don't like to see when he's in those crazy bad slumps and uh, baseball is better when, when this guy's hot and that's usually October, luckily. Yeah. I mean, he's just been fun to watch and fun to listen to. I forgot what the um, situation was when he had that press conference where somebody asked him about a home run he hit. He's like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty damn good ball player. That's kind of how it happened. It's just like, it's so funny. He's just out there just doing his thing, the pearls and everything, the confidence, the goofy outfits, the wine. He uh, He's arguably been the most fun player to watch in, in the postseason. And on a Braves team, that has got a lot of fun guys to watch. And a lot of, like you said, kind of you look at this team on paper and maybe you don't think World Series, but this is this is a baseball team. You know, you got your stereotypical baseball team. You got guys that just go out there and do their jobs. And then you got the Astros and you've got villains, man. You've got arguably three, four superstars on that team that nobody likes. Yeah, it's like you kind of have to pick and choose when you're okay with getting beat. You know, when Jordan come up, comes up to the plate, he's going to get his, his hits, you know, he's going to get his in the series. And so he's one of those guys wasn't on the cheating team. You know, Kyle Tucker too, wasn't, you know, one of those cheating guys that you're like, you know what, they're pretty damn good. They weren't on the team. I'm all right with them, you know, having that, having their good days, pretty much everyone else on that team, Altuve. Some people say he gets a bad rap, wasn't as included in it all as everyone else. But in my eyes, I mean, they all knew what was going on. They were all okay with it. They all, you know, they all cheated. So, you know, Altuve, just one of my least favorite players, the exact opposite of Atlanta. I mean, you just really hate to see them succeed every time it happens. At least I do, especially since last time I watched it, um, you know, outside of the Boston series, but recently they did it to the Sox. So it's really hard to wish any good upon that team right now, honestly, uh, especially with their sort of tainted past. I guess Jordan, um, and Kyle Tucker are really the only two that I'll be saying, you know, I kind of hope they have a good game. The rest of them, fuck them. Fair enough. Uh, uh, fuck them indeed. I'm right there with you. Um, except Dusty Baker. You know, I'm yeah, happy for yeah. Dusty. He's coming to a situation that I wouldn't want to be put in or any manager wouldn't want to be put in. He has bounced around so much. He's been fired arguably when he shouldn't be fired in a number of situations where – He's been a consistent winner, but hasn't been able to go out and, and make that extra step to win a World Series. So now he's he's right there. He's at the doorstep uh, again. And I think this is arguably one of the best teams he's ever had, if not the best team he's ever had. Um, so if the Astros win, I'll be happy for Dusty Baker and probably Dusty Baker only. Um, <laughs> so I'm happy for the guy. I really am. But that's got to be an interesting situation to come into, right? You know, the last manager got 
got canned uh, because he was suspended for cheating. Uh, and the rest of the team, they're, they've all got this chip on their shoulder. They didn't get suspended for it, but essentially every ballpark they go to, they get punished for it then. Uh, I'm sure they're used to it at this point, but Dusty's embraced it. He's been all in. Like, you know, we know what this team is capable of. We know what we can do. We're on the revenge tour, so to speak, even though they won the World Series when they cheated. Um, and they're now they're four wins away from it. So kudos to Dusty Baker, but everybody else, man. Oh God. Like the the White Sox series. That that was so frustrating, especially after the White Sox won game three. Mm-hmm. And uh who was it that came out and and uh it wasn't Dylan Cease, it was um uh the other guy who got traded from the Cubs. Um you are no, no, pitcher. Kimber? Uh uh Tapera? uh huh. Tapera, yeah, yes, Tapera. yes, okay. All right, here now. we'll we'll yeah. do that. When Ryan Tapera came out and said it was a lot easier to strike him out at home than it was on the road. And it's like, okay, well, we're, we're going to go there. We got to back it up. And the White Sox said anything but that. And you got to credit the Astros because they've been handling that stuff for the last two, three years, whatever. And they've done so well with it and they've used it in their favor, but you just hate to see it if you're rooting for anybody else or if they're playing their team. As soon as Tapera came out and said that, I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. And then, <laughs> the Astros went out and put up what a, a 12 spot on them to beat the White Sox yeah. by nine or 10 to eliminate them. And that was just, that was absolutely yeah, the, brutal. They responded with their words and then they responded by kicking our ass. So that was, you know, a little poetic justice. Honestly, I was kind of annoyed that Tapera even said that, but yeah, a few, a few great points that I totally agree with uh, going back to what you said about Dusty Baker. You know, if you think about it, you have the opportunity to now coach a super talented team, uh, something that, you know, Tony LaRusso has talked about too. Not many people get the opportunity uh, where there's a coaching vac- vacancy on such a talented team. Obviously, you know, guys like AJ Hinch, they're getting a new opportunity, but it's with a team like Detroit where they know they're going into a rebuild. They don't have a playoff ready team. Um, and so for him, you know, that's one benefit where you're already dealing with a roster that's ready to win. And I'm thinking, you know, these guys, they do have that chip on their shoulder. They're playing with a little bit of extra oomph every time they go on to the new stadium. You know, they've been hearing it, but he doesn't have any of that. You know, he's coming. He's a well-respected guy within the the MLB. Um, he obviously was no part of that cheating scandal. He's just going, you know, really just to coach, see what he can do, um, see if there's any success left. And, and absolutely, I was happy for Dusty. Um, because I've always thought too, he's kind of been on the right side of the whole TLR beef. I think Tony LaRusso just kind of looks for drama and Dusty's just kind of the, the scapegoat of that, I guess. But yeah, absolutely. Totally agree that I, I am happy for um, Dusty out of anyone. And going off of what you said about Tapera, I was super disappointed to hear him say that. I mean, you're playing a team. Yeah. Whatever. I get that they have, a little special situation, special um, situation. Gonna, a lot like of people want to make that. comments. Yeah. They are yeah. <laughs> a little bit of an asterisk, but it's just, I mean, they're, they're playing much better than you. Yeah. you struck them out. You had the one good game where their bats weren't as good. Their first game on the road too. And so it's easy to say that, like, if you tell yourself that it's already true, obviously you're going to want to say, Oh, see now here's the evidence that points to it. But I think, 
in a competitive standpoint, the rest of the league has moved on. There's not really people coming out and saying stuff about that or, or accusing them of still cheating. So that was, you know, definitely immature and kind of disappointing, disappointing to hear him say that. And like I said, you know, the Astros took care of business afterwards and uh, kind of put him in his place. So wish he hadn't said that, but it worked out for the Astros in the end. They got their, uh, their dues. Yeah. You know, going back to the White Sox, I suppose we can focus on them for a minute. The thing that frustrated me so bad was how Tony La Russa botched the bullpen management early in that series, mm-hmm. because that's what put the White Sox out of contention. I feel like because so much playoff baseball is momentum. Okay. Who's got the hot hand, who's got the confidence and especially considering the atmosphere that the fans brought to guaranteed rate field for especially game three at night. And then even game four, which was postponed from a holiday to a weekday day game. I mean, they brought the juice, man. They, uh, they were fired up. If the White Sox could have taken one game in Houston, just one. That's what I was saying from the start. They just need one game in Houston, just one. That's all. I really, really would have liked their chances. But I, I forgot whether it was game one or game two where the White Sox had the lead and LaRusso just sits, he rests like, okay, we'll get through this inning. We'll leave the starter in a little bit longer. Oh, we'll bring in another bullpen arm. We'll leave Crochet on the bench a little bit longer. It, it got to the point where in game three, I mean, we were sitting there at the game. I went to the game. We're cracking jokes like, oh, yeah, you know, LaRusso, he's saving Crochet for game seven. The best of five series. It's like, oh, are, are we going to use our best arms here or what? It feels like just he's a little behind the times in terms of, okay, you throw your best arms out there in the highest leverage situations. And then, of course, you get to game three, and it's a four-and-a-half-hour game because neither starter makes it through the, the third inning, and Dylan Cease was just terrible. But I think this, more than anything, outside of the Larusa bullpen management stuff, the bullpen is a strength for the White Sox. Number one, you need somebody who can manage that strength. Second, their starting pitching is a problem. Sure, you had Lance Lynn pitch well. Sure, you had Lucas Giolito pitch well in stretches. Sure, you had Rodon pitch well in stretches. But in the second half, it was a big question mark. None of them were really healthy. Um, and we could have sat there on the podcast and said, oh, well, you know, they haven't been healthy all we wanted. But I don't know. It, it's a problem. And honestly, I don't even know where you go from here if you're, if you're the White Sox. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, there were a lot of things that went wrong during the season, during the series. Um, first off, like you mentioned, I think the bullpen management was an issue. I don't think it was the main issue. Um, number one stat I look at talking about why we didn't win that series is how we started through the first two games, 15 hits, all singles, not an extra base hit through the first two games. Um, so many opportunities, so many runners left on where you know, if they had that big hit like Houston did, Jordan's double off the wall, Kyle Tucker's home run off of Kimbrell in those first two games, it's like you have to have some sort of moment, especially being on the road uh, coming into Houston. You have to have something that's going to, you know, propel you to the next step or get you that momentum going back to your home field. They didn't have that. So I remember, I mean, I was in Vegas when um, Sox were playing game three, sitting on the bed watching Yasmani hit that home run. Finally, you know, we got an extra base hit. I think it was like 18 straight at that point in the game without. And I just shook my head. I'm like, I was so just frustrated seeing him hit that. Like if we would have had that, 
one, you know, during one of your three at bats that ended in a double play with runners on, or, you know, any point through the first two games, this is a completely different series. Like this, the game was at that point, I think that home run made it five to two. And then Leary ended up hitting the home run that uh, either made it five, five or six, five. And I'm just, where was this when it wasn't already two nothing. And it's the same thing from Larusa. You know, Gio had a good second start or had a good start game two. And, you know, just when you see it starting to slip, I don't remember the exact sequence, but, you know, he wasn't looking great. And then he brings in Crochet. And I'm thinking, well, we've talked about all year how Crochet wasn't used nearly enough like he should have been if he's going to be your number one guy, um, you know, post-starter. If he's going to be your long relief guy, he was very much underused, I think, in the regular season to be fit for that playoff role. I thought that, you know, that specific move when he was taking or going to the bullpen after Giolito game two, I thought that should have been Kopech. Um, rather than Crochet, Crochet ends up giving up a few runs. And then, you know, Kopech, who at his best is our most, most electric and, you know, most skilled reliever, I would say at his best. Generally, you know, we also we have Liam Hendricks, yeah. Craig Kimbrell, very elite closers and very elite relievers. But, I mean, Kopech's got just as good as stuff of both of them. So I thought in that scenario, I would have liked to see Kopech. That didn't lose the series, but it was stuff like that and kind of the slope that, you know, those decisions start to put forth because then next thing you know, game five, he's saying Kopech's not available. He's pitched the last two. Well, he comes in and, you know, doesn't look hot. He's pitched the last two games instead of maybe pitching in the second game or, of course, the first game would have been nice to see him too and, you know, get some innings in and then he'll have rest for his next um, outings. He's never pitched in the playoffs. You know, it just wasn't we were very unprepared and I think we wanted to tell ourselves that maybe it wasn't the case that maybe it wouldn't matter. But, you know, we always talked about how this team needs something um, going for them heading into the playoffs. So they're just going to fizz out and none of that happened. And, you know, we just fizzed out. It was very frustrating to watch because like I had said over and over, I talked them up so much, you know, mm-hmm. did the yeah, old handshake bets with the roommates, like, yeah. Oh, they're, <laughs> They're winning at least a playoff series. And, man, all all the points that people like that have made, White Sox doubters throughout the year, they were very correct. They didn't play anybody in the regular season. There's something to be said for playing competitive division and playing competition. It keeps you sharp. It gives you an edge. This team had an edge, but they didn't need to have an edge. They didn't need to play well for stretches at a time. They just stacked up the wins. They beat mediocre teams in the division. And that was enough to get the job done and to stay out of the wild card game. And sure, you know, all you need, you can make the argument, all you need is a ticket into the dance and you just play well, then you can make it all the way to the world series. Cause that's kind of how baseball works. Right. But I mean, especially considering, I mean, the lineup's really not young, but the pitching to an extent is uh, bullpen relatively young. Uh, those guys need big game experience. They need some of those moments to kind of pitch in. Um, but I will say one thing that was out of the White Sox control and kind of everybody's control that I really don't think played to the White Sox advantage was game four getting rained out mm-hmm. and postponed today because being at that game on game three, I mean, the way that I don't, I don't want to say the fans had too much of an effect, but they really did. I mean, that, that atmosphere was electric. My favorite thing was when they pulled – uh, Luis Garcia from the game and everybody started saying goodbye. And, you know, I'm standing there in the moment doing it along. I'm like, 
all right, I wonder what this sounds like. And I saw the video on social media and it was remarkably in sync. I mean, everybody was so engaged in the game and it definitely had an effect, definitely had a factor. Mm-hmm. Dusty Baker kind of managed that game. Like it was a game seven until the end. He burned through so many pitchers, he used a lot of arms. Their bullpen was taxed. And then the White Sox in garbage time, they ended, I forgot which reliever it was, but he had a long scoreless inning streak, something like 14, 15, or 16. They ended his streak kind of in garbage time at the end, adding insurance runs. And so that set up the White Sox to have the momentum and put themselves in a good position to win game four. But then they got the extra day of rest. Astros bullpen got to rest. It really didn't didn't end up mattering um, because the White Sox just stunk up the joint. But I don't know. It was uh, it was it was tough to watch. I do think the number one problem with the White Sox is sure you can say it during the regular season. Maybe they did, but they did not have a true number one starting pitcher in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Houston for that series had Lance McCullers. Now maybe they don't have a true number one starting pitcher, which is remarkable. Um, but even in today's day and age where the bullpen is paramount in the postseason, you need an ace. You need a guy that can go out there and shove for five or six innings because otherwise these games are long. The bullpens are going to get taxed in a seven game series. and You're not going to have a shot. You know, the White Sox need a guy like Max Scherzer. They need a Lance McCullers. They need somebody who can go out there and shove. Is Giolito capable of that? Probably. Is Lance Lynn capable of that anymore? I don't think so. I think he's capable of being a good pitcher. I don't think he's a true number one. So I think that's something that the White Sox need to address ASAP. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we talked about how it may be may have been detrimental to the Dodgers, but the fact of the matter is they won that game that they, you know, maybe overused Scherzer. They won the series. It, it worked out to their advantage. You know, they did what they had to do. Maybe it was a little more than they had to do, but they won. So. Yep. Um, you obviously got to use your guys. You got to, in the postseason, especially, you know, there's not another, you know, there might not be another series after this one. Like the White Sox obviously came to realize. And um, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think Gio could be that guy. He's looked well and he's looked okay in the postseason. You know, he had a really good start last year in Oakland um, and he wasn't awful this year. Um, looked a lot better than Lance Lynn. Uh, easy to do, I guess, after his game one. But yeah. I just think that they needed a lot to go right. And when the pitching didn't show up like it did, the bats didn't show up through the first two games. Um, there was just too much to come back from. Although I, I have to agree after game three, I thought, you know what, if we tie this up tomorrow and I thought, you know, the chances of us winning that game, had we played the next day, I thought, you know, there's a good chance that we win this next game. You know, it's just, it's the DS it's one game. It's just one game. Who's going to win this? And obviously didn't work out. The bats just weren't there. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. There's going to be a lot of guys that I think there might be a few surprises we see as far as cuts. Won't get into too much detail or as far as roster cuts and, and, you know, salary wise, I'm just interested to see what they do because if it's going to be the same White Sox team that only spends above their, you know, certain threshold that they always have been, then, I just don't see uh, where we're going to improve enough to get us past the team that we are now. You know what I mean? Like we're going to have to either spend or something's going to have to happen um, drastically, at least right now. That's what I'm thinking, you know, as we're still in the postseason, as 
the team that beat us is still alive and you know we're still watching this unfold right now i'm just very interested to see um uh, there's obvious holes you know second base starting pitching right field but the team looked very outmatched i will say that yeah they um this white Sox team on paper was a division winning team and that's it yeah really right. I mean, right. it's they did enough. They have AL enough. Central winning team. Yes, they they had enough to win a, a shitty division. Yeah, uh, which is too bad because I thought they had more than that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you look at the pitching and and all that factor. We'll we'll talk about it in the off season. <laughs> um, enough White Sox retrospective. Rest of the postseason, Lucas. I mean, watching these series, what jumped out? What was kind of your favorite moment, so to speak, or favorite series to watch? That is a great question. I think um, favorite moment would maybe be the Chris Taylor walk off in the wild card game. I thought that's just like, you know, one of those moments you just kind of live for bottom of the ninth wild card, you know, win or go home, especially with the two teams being the Dodgers and the Cardinals Dodgers had played such a good regular season. It's just so much is on the line. It's like not just the game that you're playing right there is on the line, but it's the 162 games before that, you know, one pitch doesn't go your way or, or one ball goes down the line and those games all of a sudden don't matter. You just lost to a 90 or whatever win Cardinals team. Um, so that I think just impactful. That was a, a crazy moment. If I was a white or if I was a Dodgers fan in that moment, that's like what you live for. Obviously it's not the world series type um, drama and wait to that moment, but that's your whole season on the line right there. That's everything. Um, that was amazing. Seeing the Yankees lose a highlight of any postseason, of course. Um, and I guess maybe I can toss in a White Sox one. The Leary home run was awesome to see. That was that was amazing. Obviously, you were at the game, so that, I'm sure that was crazy. But he cranked it too. I knew like right when he right when I heard the contact of the bat that that was gone. So that was you know something that I've never been a huge Leary fan. Yeah, he's always have his hot streaks and his low streaks, but. That's something that I never would have expected to see, and that's something I'll remember for sure as a Sox fan. It's a uh, it's Leury legend, man. Oh, yeah. Goated now. I mean, <laughs> before that moment, before the Grand All home run, especially in game three, that ALDS, I'm thinking to myself, oh, they're done. The we're, White Sox are sunk. It's over. They're getting swept. That was the last thing I wanted, because at the very least, you know, I was like, oh, they're not going to get swept. Sure enough, down early, I'm like, oh, wow, this is happening, huh? And then Grandall hit that one out to left. I'm thinking, uh, off the bat, it's like, eh, carry, 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 and it carried just enough. And then Leori, when he hit that, it was like, oh, no fucking way. Like, my brother was like, no way, no way, no way. And then everybody's jumping around. I caught an elbow to the face. Like, everybody's like, screaming and, and tossing their stuff up in the air. I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe we got a series here. At the very least, we've got a fun moment to remember. Uh, and turns out that that was the uh, highlight of the series right there. But that crowd, man, uh, that, was, that was some fans who were thirsty for playoff baseball. Uh, that, that was a lot of fun. Um, but in terms of moments that I watched on TV, um, definitely the Chris Taylor walk-off, uh, Chris Taylor three-home run game. Yeah. You want to talk about a guy that has been so, so good for these Dodgers teams that is very much an unsung hero. It's Chris Taylor, a guy who always rises to the moment, always rises to the occasion. 
and I, I love to bring this up, but is before uh, the now infamous, at least between us, uh, Cubs-Dodgers series in 2017, I tweeted, you know, Chris Taylor, I think he's a guy that can have a big series against the Cubs because he's flown under the radar in this really good Dodgers team. Sure enough, he killed the Cubs that series. And ever since then, he's been one of my favorites just because he's not flashy. Uh, to, to go with the stereotype, he's not a flashy player. He's not a guy that's probably going to hit at the heart of the order. He's probably going to be near the bottom. But I mean, he always does so, so well in October. And that was encapsulated with that walk-off homer against the Cardinals and the three-homer game that kind of felt like, you know, maybe that gave the Dodgers a breath of life in that series. And then Cody Bellinger was another favorite story of mine. The dude was off so bad all season long. I and mean, if I'm Dave Roberts, I don't know if I put him in the lineup at all. And he kind of willed the Dodgers uh, back into the series a little bit. Um at the tail end of their homestand in the series, I believe it was it was game four or game five. I think it was game four uh, when he hit that home run that gave them the lead and the Dodgers would go on to win. That, that felt like it could have changed the complexion of the series. Uh, it ended up not mattering, um, but that was fun to watch. Uh, yeah. And in terms of American League, you know, watching the Yankees lose. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely agree. That Bellinger home run especially, I remember watching it. Totally on a pitch that you would never expect to be a, a three-run bomb, you know, lose the lead. I mean, you could see it in the pitcher's face, too. It's just – it's like, how does that – how's that the one? You know, that one pitch against that one guy is just, like, completely out of the zone. A guy who's, you know, doesn't hit well up in the zone, too. And Bellinger, of all people, he's just kind of been a joke this year, unfortunately. But, you know, I was also super happy to see that because, I mean, he's a super skilled player, obviously – We've seen what he can be and what he can do. And, you know, you hate to see a guy like that turn into a bench guy or a platoon guy, but that was such an awesome moment for him. And, yeah, the Chris Taylor three-home run night, I mean, you look on Twitter after that, and it's like every team's signing Chris Taylor in, in the offseason after a game like that. So I'm interested to see how, how he'll be on the White Sox next year, but, you know, I'm super excited for the opportunity. That's up, uh, man. I'm already, I'm already hearing that so much from White Sox fans. <laughs> They're like, oh, Chris Taylor – bookies the next white Sox second baseman all right man all right like we'll see if the white Sox decide to spend money um but you know uh, another favorite moment of mine was after the game when eddie rosario had one of his big games uh with the braves against the dodgers uh, i think it was maybe game two uh, i think he had the walk-off hit was that or i don't, I don't really remember what exactly happened but mm-hmm. yeah i think it was game two walk-off hit and Rosario did his post-game interview. He was out there with his his translator with Lauren Shahadi, I think it was the reporter for TBS. And uh he's like, No, I'm just I'm just gonna do it in English. And, and that that was a really cool moment because you know, sure, these these guys all speak English, uh, but they don't some of them just aren't confident enough in their English to do a full-on interview. Uh, and he did a, a full-on interview in English uh, after he had his big moment. And so that, I thought that was really cool uh, that he kind of rode the wave into that interview. I thought that was a neat moment. And then later in the series, he ended up doing an interview with his, with his translator. Um, yeah, he but, actually – he had a cool moment with Snicker too, actually, after they won the series. Um, There's just a tweet I saw talking about how Snickers, you know, a 60-something-year-old dude from Decatur, Illinois, um, having a moment with – Eddie Rosario from Puerto Rico, 
who just had one of these, you know, historically most crazy series. Uh, just one of those, you know, baseball brings you together type tweets, but an awesome moment. And yeah, I mean, it really does. It, no other sport, I think, um, brings, you know, the, divi- the diversity and, um, you know, various different types of people and in so many ways together, like baseball does. And uh, that was a cool moment to just see on the TL. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, like you said, it kind of brings different people together that like I experienced that all summer long with, with the rivets and collegiate summer ball. I mean, we had a really interesting group. We had like three players from Venezuela, a player from Taiwan, a bunch of country dudes. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a great group. Um, so it's, it's fun to see how, how sports can kind of bring a, a romantic baseball talk for, for the episode. <laughs> but there's one every at one every week. We, we knew of course, we had to course. bring it out eventually. Well, let's uh, let's wipe the tears away and break down this World Series preview now. How about that? Oh man, I mean, I, I've I've emptied my tank on these Braves. Um, I will say, I will say, I like what they got coming in, but I mean, at the end of the day, I, I really think Houston is the heavy favorite in this series. They have to be, right? Yeah. No. Well, yeah. You got home field advantage, of course. Um, that's big for Houston because nobody wants to go down to Minute Maid and and actually try and uh, gain some advantage coming out of there. You know, it's it's very tough to do. Speaking as a White Sox fan, I've seen it firsthand. And, yeah, I think of, they absolutely should be the favorites. Their pitching's been good. They've had some good individual performances. Of course, we talked about Luis Garcia's uh, eight-inning game. But, you know, McCullers out. He really shut down the Sox both times he pitched and, and looked like that true ace. It is going to suck for them, but that lineup is just too deep and too too skilled um, to not have them at least be favorited going in. Um, you know, top to bottom, when you can have guys like Carlos Correa or Kyle Tucker batting in your six seven spot, um, it, it's just unfair. I mean, their team is so good, and and they did lose some guys from you know their previous World Series, George Springer most notably. Um, but then you think about the guys that they picked up: Jordan, uh, Kyle Tucker just on these amazing offensive runs, Kyle Tucker, especially just hitting both sides of the plate. I, mean, I don't even know if I can say that because Jordan's a beast. I mean, their lineup is just so, so good. I can't get enough of that. And they have the experience that you look for, you know, Bregman, um, Altuve, obviously both world series winners and they've been there, you know, they got a good veteran pitching staff. Uh, well, some veterans, I guess, Grinkies, most who I'm thinking of, they do also have a lot of young people too, but I just think uh, they're better. Their lineup is good enough comparably against the Braves that I think the pitching, um, you know, it'll more than make up for that. Yeah. I, I do think that the Braves have the potential to make this a series, but I mean, I think this one could be over in as few as five games. I think it'll go six. At least I, I really do. And I hope it goes six because, who likes when the world when your team's not playing? Who likes when the World Series is short? Mm-hmm. I mean, a five game World Series, a four game World Series, that always sucks. That's the worst. It's like, oh, huh, it's over, huh? That that sucks. Um, and then you got to watch uh, shitty Bears football for the rest of the winter, <laughs> which is is not fun. Um, but you know, with with this series, if you're the Braves, I'll say the same thing that I said for the White Sox. If you can take one game one game in Houston and go back to Atlanta, even with a five game series, you've got home field advantage. 
If you take one game in Houston, you got home field advantage in a five game series, three games in a row at home. Um, so I think that's going to be a major key. Game one, of course. I mean, you can say that about any seven game series in Major League Baseball, but I mean, especially for the Braves, you look at their starting rotation. You don't you don't see a Max Scherzer. You don't have a Clayton Kershaw in his prime. You don't have a Madison Baumgartner. Uh, that's not to say that they can't have a guy come out and shut the show down, but I don't know if I'm thinking like, oh man, Charlie Morton, here we go. He's tall order. I mean, this is the Astros lineup, man. I mean, that's, I don't know. It's yeah. it's going to be stacked. The, the Braves are going to have to score a lot of runs and I think we're going to see a lot of runs scored. It might be, I'll have to look up the record for runs scored in a world series, but it might, it might be up there. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm obviously disappointed that the Astros are even in the World Series, but the Braves might just give us the most entertaining series out of all of them because if they are on, I think that, you know, they're the, the team that's going to out-hit, if anyone, a hot Astros team. You know, the Astros right now, I mean, they're putting up a lot of runs so far in this postseason. So, but, I mean, we can't discredit what the Braves have done. They've beaten the Dodgers who right before that beat the number one overall seed in these playoffs. So um, I don't want to give too much credit and too much, I guess, recency bias to the fact that they did beat those series. You know, I'm going to try and look at it realistically, what they got uh, ahead of them. And I sure hope that, um, you know, their bats just keep it going because, I mean, their their team is so much fun to watch, honestly. Duvall, Austin Riley, um, you know, Albies, and we haven't even really touched on Freddie Freeman, a reigning MVP, one of those guys where you just – you're so happy, at least I am just so happy to see him at that stage, you know, finally in a World Series where his team's really competing at that level. Um, He's always been that type of guy. He's always been a a, you know all-star caliber player. And, um, you know, he's like – Jose Abreu is to the White Sox. Of course, they have a few similarities, but it's one of those guys that, you know, he's the Atlanta Brave to me. And so, obviously, we've talked about it. I'm going to be rooting for them, banking for them, but it's going to come down to the bats, like every team that's faced the Astros so far. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for the Braves, and I, I'm right there with you on Freddie Freeman. He's he's kind of – you make the Jose Abreu comparison. I, I, I think like Joey Votto. I mean, he's right up okay. there with Joey Votto in terms of a guy who's been so consistent. I know he's been banged up a little bit, dealt with some injuries a few years ago, but I mean, outside of that, he's really been so, so consistent and he's the face of this Braves team. And you're glad he's around for a run like this. You say he's the face of this Braves team. We kind of forget about Ronald Acuna Jr. And I, I still think that's perhaps the most remarkable storyline about this team. They lost their best player and they beat arguably on paper the best team in baseball to get to the world series that is awesome stuff i mean in what other sport does that happen and the nba you lose your best player you're screwed you're sunk in the nfl you lose your starting quarterback your star running back you're done maybe you can have the rest of the team step up uh but in Major League Baseball, you lose your best player. The rest of the team can step up. The front office can make some moves and make under-the-radar moves. Uh, their deadline was so good. It's what's gotten them to the World Series, in my opinion, because they made the right moves. Um, so I just – I love that story. I, I love this for Freddie Freeman. I love it for Jock Peterson. It's a fun team to watch. Um, but I will say, it comes down to the bats, but – if the Braves bullpen can keep pitching like it was 
at the end of the Dodgers series, they're going to be tough to stop. Uh, you could you could say this lineup is the strength of the Braves team, but their bullpen is is very very good. I mean, Tyler Matzik, he pitched some of the best baseball that we've seen in the playoffs in that game six. Like that dude was dialed. Minter's got electric stuff when he's on. Will Smith gets the job done at the back end. So I don't know. I, I think it's going to come down to starting pitching and how well the Braves can do, especially on the road. But I, I think their bullpen is, is one of their strengths. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And we saw them, you know, kind of win that game for them. That, um, like you said, Matt, it came in in a bad situation and pitched lights out, struck out the side. And that, that really is the reason they won that game, you know. Um, so I guess I'll give my, my general prediction of this. Now that we're talking about it, you know, I'm giving myself a little more confidence in Atlanta. I'm not quite ready to say that they're favorited or even the better team, but um, they're hitting better than, you know, I don't know if I can say that they're hitting better than Boston was heading into that series, but, you know, they're hitting just as good as anyone in the, in the playoffs, obviously better than the teams that they face. Um, Houston's not unbeatable. There's, I think there's less things that need to go right um, for Atlanta to win than there were, say, for the White Sox to have won. I think the White Sox kind of really needed a perfect scenario, but I think there's a few ways that Atlanta can, you know, put together a series and give themselves a shot, a shot at winning. And a lot of that is because, like you said, they have a flexible, a good bullpen too. Uh, a few guys like uh, Huascar Inoa, or um, however the correct pronunciation of that is. Um, you know, he's started some and he, he's been doing some bullpen um, for them in the postseason. So they've got flexibility and, of course, they've got the bats. But my prediction for the series, I think it's, it's going to go seven. I think we'll get a, a good series here. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Um, but I think especially with home field advantage, uh, if it does go seven, there's no way that uh, I can just give that to the Braves over Houston. So, unfortunately, I truly at the bottom of my – currently cold heart believe that Houston's going to win this series. I don't mind that pick. Um, I've got the same winner and one less game. I've got the Astros in six. Um, I really, really, really hope that the trend of my playoff predictions <laughs> is wrong. I mean, honestly, like I, I, we were talking about how unsatisfying four game series are. I'd love to see the Braves come out and, and sweep the Astros. I, I am all in on Atlanta. I just think that the Astros are playing so well right now. And you said it earlier, they've been there before. And you can't really underrate that experience. Not only have they been there before, but they've been there before. And everybody outside of Houston doesn't count it. They think it's, <laughs> they think it's bullshit. They think, oh, the Astros didn't win a title. And I don't know if I'm all the way on that spectrum. I think everybody's kind of cheating or has cheated to a certain extent until Major League Baseball's cracked down on it. But then again, the Astros are the only ones who've gotten caught. Um, so they deserve to be shamed in the court of public opinion if that's going to be their only punishment. Um, but they've been there. They've got a chip on their shoulder. This team's juiced up and ready to go. They're if they're not playing for themselves and vindication uh, for what happened in 2017, they're playing for Dusty Baker. He's trying to go out there and, and win that World Series title and show everybody that he's a World Series winning manager. 
I just think the Astros are so, so good on paper, but they've got a lot that they're playing for. Not that the Braves don't have anything to play for. I mean, it's the World Series that we're talking about here. But I don't know. I don't know how much storylines play into it. I don't know how much of an effect that has, but I just – I look at all those factors, and I think it's going to be really, really tough to beat the Houston Astros in this series. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I, for one, I guess for two, totally agree with you in that I hope we're both wrong on these predictions. I would love nothing more than to see Atlanta just come out and dominate them because I do still have that you know, cold feeling in my heart that I just don't love the Astros. I just don't. I just really hope that. You know, they are some upset players. I hope I see Bregman bitch some more about how the fans are treating him. And, I mean, I just have no sympathy for that team or for those guys, I should say. You know, we've talked about Dusty and a few others that uh, don't have that same association. But I just – I don't know. I guess the one good thing about how this postseason has panned out is that with the White Sox being out, I think this is the one combination of teams that has truly given me something to root for. I think the combination of having Houston in the world series as a team to root against and uh, having Atlanta in there as a team um, that I actually would like to see win rather than just, you know, not want to see the other team win. Uh, you know, I've got some family down there, little connection there. So classic. I'd love to see that for them. The classic. Oh, yeah, I've got some family in Georgia. I'm basically no Braves. I'm basically from Atlanta is what I'm trying to say. So Uh, yeah. Okay. It is nice that it panned out that way because I mean, honestly, if it was, if it was Dodgers Astros, I know that my interest level in this series wouldn't be as high as it is um, given that the Braves are in there. It's just always nice to see a team like them that you don't always expect. It's not always the team. Like if you had told me going in here, it was going to be like Yankees Dodgers or something like what's the fun in that other than, you know, social media afterwards going crazy or whatever. So that's my only silver lining, I guess. Um, you know, now that the Sox are out of it, but it's been a great postseason so far, Larry, and I, I can't wait to see how this series pans out, honestly. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to watch it, uh, assuming I find time to watch it. Uh, <laughs> I probably yeah. shouldn't have said that. But um, regardless, I mean, it's the World Series, uh, and for the Braves – they're fans, man. I mean, they're, you could argue they're one of the most geographically spread out fan bases in the United States and one of the largest because of TBS. Um, so that's a big market. I, I think that'll be good for baseball to have them back in the World Series. It's really hard for me to grasp that they have not been to the World Series since the 90s. What was it? 19? 19... I think 99. It was uh, 99. So they have not been in the world series since i was a newborn baby um which is wild i mean the bobby cox days i mean when we're growing up they were good braves teams and they were still on that stretch where they won the division every single year uh but they never made it and so it's good to see them back Uh, i think the braves are a good fan base Uh, i think they will represent georgia and atlanta well and i hope they um continue the trend of of the Astros getting their punishment on the road but I don't think that has much of a factor anymore because they're used to it but no less it's kind of fun to see yeah no absolutely a little side note that popped into my head too I mean I think at least me myself I forget that the the Braves were a game away from being in the World Series last year as well you know obviously in a similar situation up 3-1 this year and we're able to close the door on the Dodgers but we gotta start giving this Braves team it more credit than you know i have been at least in the past you know the dodgers are always there the braves 
like I just said, you know, one game away from being there two get two years in a row. Also something I saw today, first year in MLB history um, where the two losers of the CS the year prior are now in the World Series the year afterwards. So um, a true redemption story. Baseball history. Yeah, for both. Exactly. That, uh, yes, you make a great point there. I, I had kind of forgotten that as well. And honestly, this is going to sound like Midwest or East Coast <laughs> bias, I suppose. The Braves are kind of easy to forget about right? Because they play in the NL East and they play the New York Mets who, whether they're good or whether they're bad, everybody's always talking about the New York Mets. We did it a lot this year because there was a lot to talk about with the Mets. Then you got the Phillies. They've got Bryce Harper. Uh, They've got a loud fan base. You've got the Nationals who won the World Series two years ago. And then the Marlins who are very, very quiet. Um, but then the Braves and over the last few years, it's been easy to forget about the Braves. Obviously that was not the case when we were first starting watching baseball in the two thousands because they were still so dominant, but, uh, I suppose they're easy to forget about just because of all those factors playing in the NL East. And this year you saw Acuna tears ACL, like we were saying earlier, kind of like, Oh, well, there goes that. But then they, they're quiet at the deadline, not quiet in terms of not busy. They made good moves. Um, they did just enough to get the job done and here they are. So it's, it's a great story and I'm definitely rooting for him. It's good to see him there. Yeah, absolutely. And Hashtag I hashtag really good looking. for the game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, I mean, now they're in a situation where they made the world series and next year they're going to be getting, they're going to be adding one of the best players in all of baseball to that team. So, I mean, we're going to be forced into giving them respect that, you know, maybe we haven't been in years prior. And uh, I hope this time next week, when we talk, some of that respect will have been earned, you know, with a little bling bling to accompany it. We'll see, man. We'll we'll see. I will say one one thing. I wonder what uh what our guy Steve Cohen thinks of all this. Ooh, we got to check his drafts. I don't think those ones made it to the public. No, probably, not. he's probably quiet nowadays. Yeah, and that's when now and spent all that money and traded at the deadline. Where are they? I don't know. Don't have your you owner's tweet. Don't have your owner's tweet. That's can't... the moral of the story. <laughs> yes. <it's... laughs> Lesson learned, guys. That's from these 10 episodes. I hope you take that away. Don't let your owners tweet. Moral of the story right there. <laughs> Keys to success. Just one. one. Just one. That's all. Oh, then again, you if should, Jerry Reinsdorf you right had Twitter, I don't that. know. And, and maybe the White Sox would be a little better. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, that probably wraps up our, our playoff our playoff talk here, huh? Perhaps. I mean, we still got a lot to get to after this wraps up. I hope. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, right. For our sakes, I hope it's a good World Series. But if not, well, there's still plenty to talk about. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely looking forward to next week when I'm sure we'll have, you know, one more of those moments we can each uh, truly enjoy. Maybe a few that go the Braves' way, you know? And um, yeah, I'm just absolutely excited. It's the World Series, baby. Nothing gets better than that. Uh, like I said, I'm just really looking forward to this week of baseball. Me too. And stay with us for the offseason. I mean, hit that subscribe button, whatever you listen on Apple, Spotify, um, hit that follow button on the Twitter Pinewood sports network, putting in the work. I mean, heck baseball season's almost over NBA. The bulls are good. The bears are not, but we'll just focus on the bulls for a little bit. Um, after baseball wraps up that is, but hopefully Lucas, at least my goal. I mean, we're, we gotta get the guests going this off season or we're, we're going to oh, have absolutely. some fun with some interviews. So Stay tuned for that after the World Series. 
yeah, look for a nice little change of pace. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy listening to episode 10 of the Hip Hop Pod. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. Because there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. 